Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience 2020 Wyndham Championship Picks, DraftKings Ownership Predictions, One and Done, and the Weather Report. This is going to be the final card for the week. If you haven't checked out any of the other 2020 Wyndham Championship Pick shows, there's one from Sunday, one from Monday, one from Tuesday, covering betting, the strategy, the stats, DraftKings pricing, everything you need to know. So go check all those out as well, beyond this one. Also, you can find all my write-ups and cheat sheets at DKNation.com. If you were unaware of that, there is some written content to all of this. But let's just jump into this. Actually, you know what? Let's smash the like button to the episode first before you do anything. And then in the comment section, you tell me who your one-and-done selection is for the Wyndham Championship. I'll be revealing mine and Jeff's and Tim's here in a second. Also, for the audio podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Five-star rating would be very much appreciated. And if you want to get $20 or 20 sorry. $20 off, 20% off a membership to fantasynational.com. Go to fantasynational.com slash mayo. Boom. Easy stuff. You can check out the simulator, any stat you want, the lineup generator, the ownership projections that I'm going to be going through here in a minute because I'm not going to reveal them all. You have to have a membership at fantasynational.com slash mayo in order to do that. Bets for the week for the 2020 Wyndham Championship. I'm going with Justin Rose. Kind of talked myself into him on Monday's show with Jeff. The number hasn't moved. It's still 22 to 1, uh, which I'm kind of surprised about because answer withdrew from the field and he was the other guy in that range. I thought it would have kind of crippled everyone else, but it didn't. All of a sudden, like Billy Ho and Harris English dropped from like the 35 to 25 numbers. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting there. Justin Rose is still 22 to 1. I do think that there is a substantial gap between the top five guys on this betting card and everyone else. Like, listen, like, Webb is a good bet. If you just wanted to wet bet, web bet, bet Webb at 10 to 1, 11 to 1, 9 to 1, wherever you get him, make that the bet of your week. I, I really can't argue against that. That's not really how I play, but we saw this play out in Detroit at the Rocket Mortgage where you had this, like, weak field of 156 guys and then five guys who are really head and tails better than everyone else. Uh, and then Bryson goes off at like six to one, seven to one, and he goes out and wins. And like everyone who was good, basically, except for like Patrick Reed finished inside the top 10 that week. You had Hatton up there. You had Wolf up there. Uh, I believe someone else ended up making a charge really late too. I think it was Hadwin who was like a popular play that week. And then Bryson ends up winning. Wolf comes in second. So uh, there's many ways that you can play this. I decided to go with Rose as my main guy at 22 to one. I dropped down. One of the first things I did on Monday morning was bet Ryan Moore at 50 to one. So 22 to 50. As you can see, the monetary value of my betting card is way down this week. Uh, if I'm only going with a 22 and a 50, I did take some long shots, but they're all 100 to one or higher they're not huge bets because uh, you don't need to bet huge on guys that are 200 to 1 uh, in order to get the same payout as a guy at 22 to 1 I did go with my guy Christian Busy at 66 to 1 that's also played with the top five each way so those are my three guys below or above sorry 100 to 1 on the betting guard Rose Moore and Cbez uh, I wanted to bet Fratelli I wanted to bet Charles Howell uh, Howell's still 80. I'm still going to keep an eye on him and maybe I'll miss out if the number is really good after day one, but I, this card does leave me open to making a live wager or two. This is where I'll be using the fantasy national live leaderboard in tournament to see if I can kind of find someone who has like a crappy day one, but like not really a crappy day one. They just missed like every five foot putt 
then I can jump on them at inflated odds afterwards. At least I know they're already playing well and into the mix. So from beyond 100 to 1, uh, the bombs of the week, I did play, have a FOMO play on Luke List at 100 to 1 with the top five each way. And all of these next five are played with a top five as well. So half the bet goes to the outright, half the bet goes towards the top five. Kyle Stanley, 100 to 1. Brennan Grace, 110 to 1. Andrew Landry, 175. Sebastian Munoz, 200 to 1. And T-Dunks, Tyler Duncan, 225 to 1. Each of those players is a PGA Tour winner already. When you get down in the weeds in this spot, like there's a lot of guys that have won down there. Like I wanted to bet. There's tons of guys I wanted to bet. I really had to cap myself. Like you could have talked me into Wes Bryan, Jason Duffner, Sung Kang is down there. I mean, I bet him at 400 to one to win the PGA Championship. He's 200 to one to win this week. I do prefer him at longer courses. Those is a shorter course. Wedge players, good putters tend to do well. And not all these guys are good putters, but I've seen Duncan win at RSM. Uh, which is a comp course for me. That's why I liked Howell here as well. Like Munoz just putts better on Bermuda uh, and the irons and driving have actually been quite good for him. He hasn't been able to sink a putt. Maybe back on Bermuda, that can go a little bit better for him. Andrew Landry's already won this year and he won at Pete Dye in California, but on Bermuda as well. Brennan Grace uh, won at Harbortown. Harbortown is still the biggest comp that I'm looking at this week for any course. And then Kyle Stanley. Like Kyle Stanley's irons and driving are basically always good. Just can he make a putt? Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. Maybe he can hit the five every single time and it won't be a problem uh top 20s landry munoz brian wes brian and tyler duncan landry is five to one the other three are seven to one first round leaders all with the top five each way i got mark hubba hubbard he is 100 to one he was also on the short list of outrights as well he was 125 to one him and pat perez uh but they just missed the cut for me in terms of the outright market i want to see how they play a little bit even if i have to bite them at like 75 to one after round one something like that but hubbard 100 munoz 110 Wes Bryan, C.T. Pan, Tyler Duncan, Jason Duffner, Andrew Landry, all 125 to 1. And Michael Gillick, Le Canadien, he is 200 to 1. These are all played with the top five each way. The one and dones for the week, I'm going with Justin Rose. Jeff is going with Kevin Kistner. And Cust is using Brooklyn Kepka the most expensive player on DraftKings. And, the, and depending on where you look, the highest guy in the betting odds. In some play, in some markets, Webb Simpson is number one. I actually think Webb deserves to be number one in the betting market this week. In terms of DraftKings ownership, uh, when Webb is the second highest priced player, and I say things like, hey, he should probably be the favorite in this field. Uh, when I looked at the fantasynational.com simulator, it gives him a pretty good chance of winning this event. So the other guy, actually, one of the, before we get to the DraftKings ownership, uh, one guy that did just miss my final card, and I feel like I'm going to be kicking myself for this, but I couldn't really decide and distinguish between a lot of these guys. Like, I didn't play Siwoo. He's down to 33-1. to 1. Like, I love Siwoo. I hope he goes out and wins. I'll take the loss for the week if Siwoo can go out and win. But he's my play at, like, 80-1 to 1 or above. Like, you can usually catch him at 250-1. to 1. But since he's won here before, he's playing a little bit better. 33-1 to is a bit steep. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, yeah, I am using him on DraftKings for, like, the first time in ages. But... I don't know if uh, Siwoo is going to get my money at 33 to 1. Shane Lowry was the one that actually rates out by length of hole really well. The simulator liked him a lot. He's 40 to 1 in the betting market, and the simulator gave him a 22 to 1 chance to win. So you're getting almost double the odds of what the simulator says. Now, the simulator doesn't know these players. It gives Justin Rose almost no chance to win just based on the results that he's put up on holes of this length. But I like Justin Rose. I like the comparison courses that he's played well at. I like to see that his irons came back last week. And I know he can make the putts. That's why I like Justin Rose so much this 
this week. And he's he has the best odds of the five favorites. Like he has worse odds, uh, he has higher odds at 22 to 1 than Paul Casey has at 20 to 1. That's just all recency bias. So I think Justin Rose is a better player. You know, he wins a lot on the PGA Tour. He wins around the world. He's won a major, unlike Paul Casey. So that's why I ended up on Rose over Casey and Fleetwood in that regard. Uh, Webb Simpson going to be at least 30% owned on DraftKings. Uh, depending on the contest in cash games, I bet you he's going to be like 65% owned. I have made the conscious choice to fade Webb Simpson. 100% fade across all lineups. So if Webb wins, I'm going to lose money. Probably all the money I've invested into DraftKings this week. If Webb comes like T29 or misses the cut, probably going to have a pretty good week. Granted, if Justin Rose ends up playing really well. So from the top, I went full fade on Webb, Reed, and Casey. I played a ton of Justin Rose, played a lot of Tommy Fleetwood, uh, and I played four of 20 lineups with Brooks in them. I have no faith in Brooks this week, but I'm looking at the ownership right now. And it's going to potentially be single digits. And he is the higher, I guess he's not the highest ranked player in this field. Webb is, but like, it's still Brooks. And whether he's engaged in this tournament or not, uh, it's a pure game theory play. He's going to be the lowest owned of the 10K guys that if he does go out and just wants to shut everyone up and goes and wins, uh, there's going to be very few people who have Brooks Kepka in their lineups. The biggest issue this week on DraftKings was figuring out what to do at the top. Um, just like, I wanted to just start my teams with Justin Rose and move on down. I was good with fading all of the top five guys uh, just because I think this is a very balanced field. And like once you get to like the mid fives and the six, like I like a lot of the guys in the sixes, but I didn't love anyone over like $10,000. So it's hard to jam in 6K guys when you don't love any of the 10K guys. And it puts you in this middle range where I don't love a lot of the players. So I have a lot of like Rose Spieth teams like Harris English and Billy Horschel garnering over double the ownership or potentially more of Jordan Spieth in that 9K range. Not to say that it's not warranted, because obviously Billy Horschel and Harris English are playing better than Jordan Spieth, uh, but they're more expensive for one thing, and they're just not the pedigree of player. Now, Spieth is all over the map, but he does make birdies in bunches still. He just tends to make a lot of bogeys to go along with them. But that, of course, where driving should mean not significantly less, but less than average course, where irons and putting become a big thing, that is a spot where Jordan, P theoret Jordan Spieth can, at least theoretically, compete with the skill set that he has now so i'll take the chance game theory wise on him because i'm going to use rose rose wasn't projected for a lot of ownership at the beginning of the week but once abraham answer withdrew a lot of people just moved their shares onto justin rose like he could push 20 percent as well like honestly the only guy really from billy horschel and up that might not crack i don't know 12 percent ownership uh would be brooks fleetwood would be the other one that's how i ended up on fleetwood i was letting ownership dictate it because if Webb, listen you should probably take Webb if you want to win money this week because he's just a fantastic play across the board. But I've seen this too many times in fields like this where the big chalk, like just look at the 3M. The big chalk misses, just a swing and a miss. Then all of a sudden you're just left with chaos down the board. It's hard enough to win one of these giant GPPs. And this is not a strategy I would take in a three max or a single entry or anything like that or a cash game. But if you're playing against 100,000 people, the easiest way to box out most of the field is just fade the top end guy. Now, if you did that at the PGA Championship last week, with, which I didn't with Morikawa, I played Morikawa. I bet on Morikawa. I loved him. Uh, but he was also $8,600. He wasn't the most expensive guy or the second most expensive guy on the board. But if you can box out 40% of the field just based on that guy not winning a PGA tournament, I feel like it's a gamble you probably should end up taking. Uh, if you lose, you lose. You lose most of the time anyway. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, if you want to play 
to win. And when you win, you win big. This is an opportunity to get away from a lot of ownership and forge a path for yourself that actually leads to the top of the leaderboard. Like if Webb plays well, well, you're just in a 5v5 with everyone else at that point. At least this way, if Webb busts out even a little bit, like I said, like if he finishes outside the top 15, that's probably considered a bust for Webb depending on how the other options play above $10,000, of course. But it's a situation where, I don't know, like probably two, one in, one in five times, one in six times, one in seven times, something like that. Webb misses the cut here. I mean, it's not a high percentage play, but if it happens, you're just glorious if you don't have him. And if he makes the cut, then he just probably doesn't win. Uh, I Listen, I had a double that hinged on Webb Simpson winning the RSM last year. And what happened? He got caught by Tyler Duncan and lost in a playoff. Like, shit happens in golf. It happens all the time. Uh, and that is another crossover course here. So Spieth, Brooks, and Fleetwood appear to be the three lowest owned guys from $9,000 and above. The real chalky guys this week overall uh besides webb simpson harris english and billy horschel and justin rose are probably going to be like your four highest owned guys ryan moore and kevin kisner in that mid-range norlander and joaquin neiman uh are two other ones probably pushing over 15 percent depending on the tournament then you have like the todd father russell henley is going to be popular he's a really good price uh i just kind of avoided a lot of that range anyway doc redmond and harold varner are others that are garnering ownership at the moment so you can kind of think it through it's not a high exposure week for me i actually dialed back significantly on what i would play in a normal week i dialed back my betting card i just don't have a great feel for it that's why i checked a few bombs maybe i can get someone in contention i just don't want to go broke on a tournament i don't feel great about uh in terms of the other guys that probably should be you know pretty high end owned, i'm really curious to see what happens with sung jay i feel like i'm going to be an idiot for fading sung jay uh, at some point but uh, it looks like he's still garnering a bunch of ownership and this is a really good course for him and we know he can just kind of turn it around like that but he's been playing so poorly that it's really tough to have any faith in him right now weather concerns for the week none really looking at thursday right now max gust seven miles per hour all day so a.m p.m doesn't really matter on friday gust might get up to 10 miles per hour there could be rain in the forecast overnight making and it could rain during the day on friday rain is so overnight on thursday it's supposed to rain a little bit then it's supposed to rain more overnight on friday uh maybe early on friday everything is a bit softer and guys can fire at pins that would be just me trying to really reach for a case to go p.m a.m i don't see any definitive tea time split right now maybe if you play showdown on friday take the morning guys uh, maybe the wind will change. You can always go to Windfinder. I'm using Oak Hollow Lake as the Windfinder tower that I'm using for Sedgefield CC. Uh, it seems to be pretty close to the course, or it's the closest one in proximity to the course. Like on Saturday, no wind. Wind seems to pick up a little bit in terms of gusts on Sunday. Like that's up to 13 miles per hour, an average like 16 last week. And these are the top end gusts. The average for the entire week looks like it's going to be around five miles per hour. So wind is almost not a concern here. Um, and the rain should break up some of the sweltering heat. Uh, so if the course dries out, you get some rain, get it back going. So not a whole lot about the Wyndham Championship. Like after, you know, 12 hours of coverage day of the PGA championship. Don't get me wrong. I love watching golf, you know, four days in a row for 12 hours a day. It's nice to kind of dial back a little bit. Shot tracker will actually be working this week. Uh, unlike the PGA championship, you know, we'll get our golf channel birdies back in. It'll just be a fun sweat. So hopefully we can get six or six through the cut. Maybe everyone can go have a good week. Maybe Justin Rose can win. That'd be nice. I'd, I'd enjoy if Justin Rose could win. That'd be financially very good for me. So we'll see how it goes. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME on Twitter. Check out the fantasy football news update show I released uh, on Wednesday morning with Jake Sewell. That should be good for the next few days. And then Thursday, Cody, Paul, 
MMA, UFC pay-per-view coming at you, Cody. Fired off four, five parlays last week, and unfortunately, the 555 to one one did not win by one fighter, but the 94 to one to one one, the 36 to one one, the plus like 251. So if you've been following Cody, you've been doing pretty good. So check out Cody and Paul on the Dogger Pass podcast on the Pat Mayo Experience Network and the DraftKings YouTube channel. Thursday morning as soon as you wake up. Maybe we'll try to find something over the weekend too. If not, the first look for TPC Boston will be out on Sunday. So I highly recommend you check that out. Fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20% off. Smash the like, go rate and review the podcast. And that'll do it. Hope to hear from some winners on the weekend. All right, I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.